Hey everybody, welcome back to the Four Pillars of Life podcast. I am your host, Bobby Bazran. On this week's episode, I have a very special guest. Please help me welcome owner of the business, Style by Sarai, top 50 inspiring alumni of SFU, and member of the executive committee of Covenant House Sleepout, Jason Sarai. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, no worries. I'm excited for the interview. Likewise. Really excited. Uh, so when we spoke over the phone a few weeks ago, you told me that before you had your own business, you're in the finance industry. What made you make that sudden career change? Well, it, was, uh, it wasn't sudden. Uh, it happened over uh, a couple of years where there was a realization that my sense of purpose and fulfillment when I was waking up and going to my career at the time, there was definitely something missing and lacking. Um, there was a lot of elements that I loved about the career, um, but I'm, I'm aware that not everyone in life has uh, the privilege or the opportunity to do what they love for their career. Um, so knowing that, I uh, looked at how could I entertain pursuing hobbies or areas of interest outside of my work hours um, and use that career as uh, a means to allow me to enjoy capac- uh, components that uh, bring me uh, joy and happiness. So it took almost three years before making a move, and I was in finance for five and a half years. Um, so it wasn't sudden, but uh, when I did finally make the decision, the main component was uh, speaking to my family, but um, the most important conversation was speaking to one of my mentors and he had uh, done extremely well in his career, a very humble um, gentleman that uh, you would never know the level of success if you yeah. met him. Uh, he doesn't boast or brag about uh, some of the successes he's done in business. And he asked me a, a profound question is, um, you know, how much money do you need to be happy? And, and knowing that I was managing people's money from uh, those that were very conservative and saved amazingly and had uh, unreal financial forecasts in the future to those that had uh, large amounts of wealth and were making great amount of income, seeing those two sides, they're somewhere in between. And when I heard that question being asked, I knew it was like, I didn't need to be in an industry to pr- chase money. Yeah. Um, and that's, after that question, it really expedited the process of me pursuing my passions. So you didn't really care about how much money you make. You just wanted to do something that you love and that you're passionate about. Like, there's another mentor of mine <laughs> says, um, you know, uh, you know, you need money to pay for uh, components of life. Yeah, every and, day. And, life. you know, misery brings company. If yeah. you can't pay your bills, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't care how passionate you are. My mentor yeah. had said, he's like, you're not going to be that happy. Yeah. So um, I've never chased money. Yeah. And, and that's been something that when I went into finance, there was components. Um, uh, but I like the opportunity for upside. And, yeah. and not having any uh, ceiling of growth mm-hmm. and knowing that I was stepping into this, I knew there was opportunity. 
So it wasn't, I, I, it's not for money. It's just like the opportunity to grow. So what inspired you to have this idea of owning your own clothing company? When I made the first decision to move uh, into the consulting space, I had no real idea of starting my Sarai Bespoke line. Um, the initial concept of the business started as a consulting company um, for men initially, and then it uh, branched off to other genders. Um, but it was to consult and outsource your fashion needs. Um, but in 2011, my brother had shared a link to a movie and he's like, you should be this guy from this movie. I watched the trailer and it, it didn't have um, the character that he was referring to. So I yeah. never responded. And a week later, um, someone that I had trained when I was a personal trainer at Innovative Fitness posted on Facebook and said, I want this person's entire wardrobe. And when he had posted that on Facebook, I watched the link. I was like, oh, this is the movie that my brother was referring to. Yeah. And X amount of minutes later, a friend's wife said, Jason Sarai can point you in the right direction. So three people in my life connected me to this movie and the movie yeah. was Crazy Stupid Love and the character was Ryan Gosling in the movie. Yeah. And I watched the movie um, and I saw what my brother was referring to and I was looking for this creative outlet. So at that time in 2011, it took me almost a year to even make a decision to start this consulting company because I was in the middle of a new career. Um, and then when I did launch it, it started as consulting. So for two years, there was no clothing line. Oh, okay. And it wasn't until 2014 when uh, I officially launched um, one collection of clothing as well as my bespoke line yeah. that, I could, that I finally saw that it could be not just only a passion project, but an actual career. So it was in 2014 that the realization of um, Style by Sarai and Sarai Bespoke could be more than just a passion. Yeah, a lot of businesses in the first year are extremely delicate, especially in the first year because many of them fold in that time. When you first started out, did you have any moment of giving up or quitting? I, I wish it was only a year. I feel 10 years oh. going into it. It's the nature of uh, uh, an entrepreneur's story is that there's going to be so many trials and tribulations along the path yeah. that it's far more than a year. Yeah. And uh, I agree, it's in that short time, like anything in life, um, it's so easy to quit because your vested interest in something and emotional connection to it is, isn't as strong. Yeah. And then the longer you go into a respective career relationship or like a, a passion project, you know, that, that you're trying to build, the, the less likely you're going to fold. Yeah. Um, so year one, my story was a little different um, in, the, in that I had a career. And my passion project was something that was growing, but I wasn't relying on that for income. So you stayed at your finance career, but you still had finance. your passion project. Okay. Correct. And then even when I left finance, it was because I had the potential of Style by Sarai and I invested in a health and wellness business called Catalyst Kinetics, but I still had a financial investment there. I yeah. had a salary. Hmm. So whatever money I made with Style by Sarai, as I was growing it, I wasn't dependent upon. Yeah. So that's very smart. I, I would say that my my first year 
um, was a lot different. And I tell a lot of people that when they're pursuing their passion projects that you have to be at a certain level of income to feel comfortable to go all into your yeah. career. Yeah. Um, unless That's you right. have a sizable amount of savings um, and, and access to capital from the bank or from investors, is it easy to make the jump in because you can lose your passion really fast when you can't pay the bills and you will compromise and, and question the integrity of why you're doing the passion project if you're not able to generate the business. So after leaving finance, I was running two businesses essentially. And for three years before I moved full-time into Style by Sarai and Sarai Bespoke, I was doing easily north of 300 hour plus months, but I was probably pushing 400 hours at points where I was sleeping three to four and a half hours a day. Yeah. And it's nothing to brag about, but it was the reality um, at that stage of my life. Yeah. Um, I don't do that anymore, thankfully, but uh, that's what I needed to do for my story. Every story is a little different. Yeah, in order to have a successful business, you need to work hard, sacrifice, and be committed. Like I understand all of that. But then I also see you, like you have a very successful business, you have a beautiful, loving family, and you also take care of your health by biking. So how do you still thrive in your business but not neglect other aspects of your life? And why do you do that? Because I think life's, you know, more than just business. And, and I, I also don't believe that there is anything as balance. I think uh, there's ebbs and flows in one's life yeah. and you're going to be allocating your time and resources accordingly. Um, but if you don't have this general balance that's going to bring, um, give you the greatest chance of success and achieving your goals, you can only bring the can on both ends so far before you're going to be uh, see some collateral damage. Yeah. So whether it's to your health or to your relationships or to your business, and if you can try to allocate the time, energy, and you know, communicate um, at a level that those that are closest to you within your family, within your, your business, to your mentors and coaches, and to yourself, I think you have a good chance of you know, living at the best uh, ability within those respective areas of life. Um, but it's an ongoing challenge. Uh, you know, it, it, there's times where, you know, my loved one and coaches or colleagues and some of my, you know, near and dear clients, they will hold me accountable or pull me aside and ask yeah. to check in. And, and you need those people to do that. And at the same time, push you when there's times where you might be a little bit low on energy yeah. to realize that um, you, you have to keep going. So myself, I just having seen, been in finance and knowing that money isn't going to be bringing you um, long lasting happiness. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can't put a price on health. Um, and, and I've read too many times when people are at that stage in their life and they, they are near passing away, it's spending time with their loved ones and doing the things that they wish they had pursued or what they love to do and bring them, uh, you know, that joy. Having heard all of those things, I try to um, implement in my life as much as possible on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why I named my podcast Four Pillars, because in my opinion, 
in order to live a truly happy and meaningful life, you need to encompass all four pillars. You need to be healthy by understanding that health is your body, mind, and soul. You need to obtain true wealth, which is which to me is more than just money. But when you actually serve and impact and give back to your community, when you love yourself and project that love onto your soulmate, and you know, happiness to me is knowing that happiness begins in your mind and not in your external factors. So. I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are unhappy because they live life one dimensionally. They think if I have an X amount of dollars in the bank account, I'll be happy. But if you had to cheat on your partner and you weren't healthy physically and mentally, but you still had a lot of money, would you be help? Would you be happy? And I don't think they would be. No, I, I think happiness is also a destination, and and uh, it's fleeting. Yeah. So I, I think it's like purpose and fulfillment, and then. Uh, when everything that you said with the pillars and I think that's what a lot of people aspire to yeah. to achieve but like anything it requires work and energy Yeah, and anything that requires that not everyone's going to do it's not meant for everybody it's not like every anybody can accomplish it but like you said you need a lot of hard work sacrifice and commitment one 100%. thing that I wanted to touch on was you said you had a few mentors as you were starting your business how big of a role do those mentors play in your life? And do you think it's necessary to have mentorship? I definitely believe so. I, I think in all uh, components of life, uh, whether it's sport, whether it's uh, business, um, uh, you know, relationships, like you look at so many areas of our life, we go to specialists when certain things are needed. Um, so if we're trying to aspire to achieve certain aspects within business why wouldn't we look yeah. to hire um a coach and, and i think a lot of times um there's there's different things there's uh someone told me once there's the difference between a consultant a coach and a mentor um when you need to outsource something that you just don't want to do you can hire a consultant um when for a mentor uh that's the next stage where you're speaking to someone that has gone through those trials and tribulations, have reached a level of success, and they can share their best practices or things to be aware of. But a coach is someone that helps you extrapolate the answers from you and, and is a sounding board and holds you accountable for you to do yourself. Yeah. So there's three components, and I think you need all three in one's life in, in various facets. So they've been crucial to me in my sporting career, in my business endeavors, to understand what uh, the role is in community. Um, and, and I've had mentors for the large component of my life, and I yeah. continue to seek mentors because um, there's different areas of life where people specialize in. And when you delve into those areas, uh, I think it's important that not all mentors are going to cover and be generalists in every facet yeah so if you're delving into an area who specializes in that um that can help guide or teach you or push the boundaries um so i've been very fortunate that i have mentors of different ethnicities ages and genders that have helped um been sounding boards and and like guiding uh 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 act as, as guides as well as i've worked with a coach since 2016 end of 2016 till now 
which has had a profound impact. I know my business wouldn't be anywhere near yeah. um, where it is today if it wasn't for our relationship um, and the accountability that's been um, because there's been some challenging times and it was through that relationship uh, because when you run a business and you're an entrepreneur and you are ultimately you know reporting to yourself yeah it becomes lonely as to who can really understand and uh um comprehend some of the challenges that you're going through or some of the successes mm -hmm. and and keep you in check to being like there's gonna be challenges around the corner yeah so stay humble and continue to chip away build better systems so highly encouraging of if you don't have a coach or a mentor yeah uh it, it's within everyone's uh network that they can find one so do you have a coach or a consultant in all aspects of your life like financially health-wise relationship-wise i have uh not in in every area and i definitely like i've worked um with clinical counselors i've i've uh, done things on the mental health side i've done things in uh, self-actualization self-discovery i do a lot of just reading on on uh, growth. I have networks of friends that we act as sounding boards to push one another in professional groups. Um, from a professional standpoint with my coaches, I mentioned, um, but there's areas as well as in personal on, on fitness. I, I studied kinesiology and finished that and was planning on going into health and sciences with chiropractic or physio, worked at Innovative Fitness, invested in Catalyst Kinetics. So even though I have a background in uh, an education in sciences, yeah. I still outsource uh, physical fitness and uh, to professionals. So I work with uh, professional training coaches that live and breathe it and know the latest ways of practicing mobility and agility and all of the things that I need. Yeah. And even though I have the background, if I don't outsource it, I know I'll, I'm human. I'll only push myself so far. To a certain amount, yeah. And and I reinvest in things like road biking and uh, Peloton and having memberships at gyms because, like I mentioned before, we, we don't leave this world uh, with money. It's like you, you have to re reinvest in yourself and yeah. give yourself the greatest chance. And I, I believe it's in outsourcing those things. And... um in areas of relationship and my own personal it's like things that i think you, you don't always need to hire a coach when you know things are bad yeah. um i think it's like you need to reinvest when things are like to to build the the wherewithal and and the tools and systems yeah. to handle the challenges in life so there's areas that i continue want to do just for further knowledge yeah yeah, because you always want to be striving to become the best version of yourself. And it's a never-ending journey. Like, It's a goal to keep in mind, but you're never going to get there because every yes. single day you're going to get better, you're going to get better, and you're going to get better. 100%. Do you think that having these mentors, these counselors, hold you more accountable than you would hold yourself if you didn't have them? Definitely. Uh, I think uh, anytime you share your personal goals and and you you become vulnerable by exposing the details and intricacies of your business and personal life um by being vulnerable you know uh, and and someone on the other side is willing to help in that 
um, and participate in, in, in uh, you know, facilitating growth or providing like actual feedback, um, it's going to have a massive impact. Um, and I, I think if one chooses to do everything by themselves, it's human nature to go the path of least resistance. There's yeah. very few people that I've ever met um, that can say they've done it from start to finish on their own. And, and, I, and that's one of the things that irks me as a pet peeve of mine whenever I hear someone says that they're self-made. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it's a community of people. There's certain things and uh, uh, businesses or contacts or friends and family, loved ones, and coaches and mentors that have helped shape people to be yeah. in the place that they are. And it's more ego driven when someone says they've done it on their own. So as I said, with my coach, um, there's beyond the coach, there's clients, my, my, my wife, my siblings, my family, my daughter, um, my clientele, they all have played a profound impact and are not only in the past, but the present, but that's what's going to be going into the future is that by having these relationships, it helps me uh, not only do what I'm doing now, but pushes me to thrive for more. Um, so yes, I, <laughs> I, I believe they've, they've had a great impact. So on your journey, instead of calling yourself self-made, which a lot of people do, but you're humble and you said you had a lot of help coming up so what's one way you like giving back to the community then well i i feel it's like giving back into the community is it's an everyday uh, contribution yeah. um i think a lot of times unfortunately now giving back is associated with uh, finances or a particular event and giving your skill set back but i i believe as, as from a, a humanistic standpoint, it's our responsibility every day to give back. Yeah. And, and just to be kind, giving, caring, and loving humans. And then not just to the people you meet, but to anyone that you meet. Um, and, and if you do that, that in itself is creating a better community. And then within the business, although garments are a component and people outs I, outs outsource some of their fashion and lifestyle needs to my business, I believe that's more of a byproduct. My actual uh, business is about building a community yeah. and building a network of like-minded individuals that can be around one another and thrive in that space. Yeah. Um, uh, so I believe from that standpoint, I'm contributing to community to help people that are doing very well in their own right to feel strong and confident in their skin through the clothing um, that they're wearing. So they're just becoming better versions of themselves. Um, and then there's also a responsibility to give back to those that are in need. Um, so whether that's not just from financial, there's people that are seeking, you know, business and professional and uh, different life advice. Um, and then there's uh, the community that uh, that I'm in, in Gastown and downtown East Side. And uh, the situation that, you know, there's a lot of people that are homeless and uh, I, I'm a big believer in 
to address problems, you have to start at the grassroots. Yeah. Um, and that tied me to Covenant House Vancouver that helps with homeless youth. And uh, my one of my good friends, Riaz Megji and I, we started a not-for-profit many years ago. And in 2012, we had the opportunity to be a part of Covenant House Vancouver's first executive sleepout for um, CEOs, professionals, executives. Um, and we were till this past November, it was the 10th year that either both of us or one of us participated um, uh, every year where we slept on the, uh, on the streets in an alley wow. to uh, have a, a small glimpse of what homeless youth um, and a lot of uh, homeless individuals go through. Um, and and it's, uh, it's a sliver of the real experience because we're surrounded by people that are either awake or we're, we're given cardboards and then a yeah. sleeping bag. Um, so we're not sleeping by ourselves, but we are in the element and we do have to wake up the next day to just have uh, that reality of how fortunate we are. Um, and, and in that contributed to raising money and awareness for uh, a wonderful organization and uh, um, program that helps people get off the streets and contribute back to society. So uh, one of my good friends said something to me. He was younger and he's a dear friend, but uh, it, really, it really struck a chord with me just in terms of my wiring on community. It's that a lot of people amass wealth to give it later in life. But I think uh, what he had said, he's like, what is the power of us giving things on a yearly basis the compounding nature of that is far greater than waiting a longer timeline to contribute in the future. Yeah. Cause there's no guarantee that you're going to be there to do that. Yeah. But that's why it is important that we're mindful and another component, sorry for being long on this answer, but no, go for it. <laughs> is, uh, um, think globally, but act locally. Like we live in a time now where, we're inundated with so much information that it's at a touch point. We know everything that's happening on aspects of the world from Buffalo to Texas, to Ukraine, to Middle East. Um, and, and I can only fathom what young individuals that are hearing all of this are going through. Um, but there's only so much that's within our ability and control to have an impact. So, looking at some of those issues it's like how can you do that locally that you can see real time yeah. and you can physically participate in um that you're contributing and you actually see the outcome of that i think that is has a more profound impact on intrinsically than writing a check yeah um, but at the same time if you have the means and the donations to do that organizations yeah. require so it's a blend of multiple things yeah no, like how you said, it's more, you need that balance. It's good to write that check, but it's also good, like you said, to be kind, be humble, go throughout these experiences and see how other people live life to gain a deeper perspective on your own life. And yes. that experience, sleeping outside, you guys slept on the street, you said? Yeah, one every, every year. Every some, night? some years it was like minus two, minus three. This wow. year was by far the toughest though. So of all 10 years, and we had years where it was pouring rain and we stayed outside, we were like, no, we're not going in. <laughs> and, um, and then there was years where it was like 
you know, minus three to minus four. Oh. Uh, some nights were a little bit warmer, but you know, it's like you would have this sleep that wasn't ever consistent. And yeah. that sense of security, you would wake up realizing you're on the street or you'll see a rat running or you'll see a, someone walk by that right. was homeless. Um, and, and it was like this reality of like, okay, uh, I'm on the street, you forget. Yeah. But you, the next day, I would always go to work. The next day, it was always on Thursday nights. And the next day, I would go get ready and go to work because I wanted to see how my mind would react. And I was always a little groggy and slow, yeah. but I would go through the day and I knew I was going to home, a warm meal. I had access to a shower, a car to get home. Yeah. Imagine individuals that didn't have the comfort of anyone around them. They don't have a place to get ready. Where are they going to get ready for an interview or go to school? Yeah. Um, so it's very humbling to know how fortunate we are. Um, so I, I'm definitely uh, blessed to have been part of that for the past 10 years. It increases your gratitude because those, those things that you listed, like taking a shower, getting up in a, a, where the roof's over your head, where you have sheets, many of us overlook those small tokens of gratitude that we should appreciate every, every single day, but many of us don't. Yes. Um, it always takes like uh, when you lose someone or a, a traumatic event, to make you realize the the small things that are, are beautiful and that we yeah. take advantage of. Um, and, and as I'm getting older uh, and I have a, 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 you know, a young daughter and a young family, my uh, sense of appreciation as, as my parents get older, I'm just trying to be more mindful. Um, and that's not to say there's times that I don't get busy and I just don't acknowledge things that the way I should, but I'm being more present and mindful than I ever have. Yeah. And I'm trying to do that more so. Um, and I wish I had started that earlier. Yeah. But like anything, it's like, there's Never no better day to start than today. Yeah. How do you try living in the present moment? I try to, I think this goes back to um, what you said about having those components uh, of, of, incorporating family fitness nutrition um being you know like enjoying what you're doing i think if you put your uh self in a, in a position where there is purpose fulfillment and a path of happiness yeah i think you're going to become more present because you'll be more engaged you'll have uh the energy um to be uh focused um and you want to surround yourself in an environment with good company and things that you want to do. If you're in the opposite, of course, you'd be le uh, more disconnected and less engaged um, and, and, of course, not be present. Yeah. So um, I, I think it's also it's understanding is um, so many people speak of, you know, time being the most important resource, but I, I really believe it's energy. Yeah. It's anything you put energy into, but you can only have so much energy to put into um, conversations or into workouts. And if you allocate your energy correctly, yeah. you can be present, but you also have to have that downtime and your alone time and family time and, and understand that there's only so much energy to go around. Yeah. 
So to be fully present, you need to, you know, understand how to allocate it. Yeah. And when you are allocating it, doing it in a manner that um, you're not multitasking. I think we live in a time now where people applaud themselves for being able to multitask at a high clip and yeah. be on the phone. And but I, I think uh, uh, it really is less is more if you can allocate your energy to yeah. one thing yeah you can do it really well and i'm trying to be more mindful of uh being more present uh in, in all things and and it's not to say that i'm not uh got uh, that i don't have room for improvement yeah no. but it's uh an area i definitely am trying to thrive to improve on like in my opinion i believe it's quality over quantity and i learned that in my relationship like i would hang out with my partner for like two, three hours, but I'm on my phone. I'm not truly present and it's not a good memory or experience. But if I say I have 30 extra minutes and there are 30 quality minutes where I'm not on my phone, I'm not doing anything else and we're both engaged, like I would rather take that 30 minutes of being in that time with my partner than three hours. So it's like, it's quality over quantity because you said you're not going to have that much energy to give throughout the day. But if we actually look at our day-to-day lives and think, hey, I could spend 45 minutes with my son right now, but I'm going to have no distractions. He would much more enjoy that than you spending the whole day with him, but you're on your phone the entire time. No, agreed. One question that I wanted to ask you is, growing up in an Indian environment, there can be that pressure of not just finding a job that's suitable for you, but also suitable for your parents' liking as well. Growing up, did you have that pressure of finding a career that would it be based on your parents' approval as well? Yes, uh, I, I think uh, for many immigrants' families uh, that, and, and kids that have grown up as first or second generation, uh, there's an inherent pressure because it's like the parents were coming from a place of scarcity and security. They wanted to make sure that their kids were setting themselves up a little bit different than they had to do uh, for themselves. Um, so, uh, you know, my parents, when I look at it, all they were trying to do was look at for the best interest. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad thing. When I hear people saying, it's like, my parents wanted me to be a doctor, a dentist, an accountant. <laughs> I'm like, that's actually not that bad. It's a pretty like, good I, career. <laughs> I, I'm like, if, if that's what they're aspiring. Yeah. But it's like, at the same time, it, things have changed so much yeah. that, um, I, me being the youngest, um, I, I definitely had a little bit more lenience uh, towards pursuing my passions, and it didn't come with challenges. I know uh, my dad wasn't the uh, the biggest fan of going the chiropractic route, yeah. And then when I went into training and the deferred school, he's like, "Why didn't you go to school?" So, <laughs> um, but it's it always comes from a place of love that they just want um, the best for you. Yeah. Um, and, and it's taken a long time for, you know, my parents to see what I'm trying to build and do, but they've been supportive the entire path. And what I told them um, as, as I pursued this career was, you know, they afforded us the opportunity to go to school and we live in a, a country that we have the opportunity to yeah. achieve our 
goals in life uh from from health and financial and uh various aspirations that if we're not doing what we love uh, and and not tapping into our full potential then we're we're not doing them true justice for the yeah. s- sacrifices they made oh yeah definitely so uh uh and and that comes with hard work yeah so i didn't uh i didn't ever see that it was uh an overly challenge upbringing from being like you had to do this yeah but i also knew that they were always aware of uh the work that i was putting in and as yeah. long as i was working hard and i was staying out of trouble yeah. then they kind of let me you know uh, achieve my own or like create my own path uh i think it would have been different story if i didn't pursue grad school or career and they just saw that i was you know succumbing to a, a profession and i was doing things that was detrimental yeah. i think they would have imposed a lot more strict yeah. uh strict rules when i started my journey of writing my book and being a podcaster and i told my parents i i didn't want to become a teacher anymore obviously they're mad because a teacher is a good stable income yes. you know after a few years you could buy your house buy a car because at the end of the day your parents just want to see you safe and comfortable. Yeah. And right now it's safe and comfortable to have a 9 to 5 job, have a good career. But I think like if you're not working hard towards something that you love, they're going to see it. Cuz when I first started out, I was working hard. Like I got up every single morning, 6 o'clock, wrote wrote out what I wanted to write in my book, wrote every day, meditated, worked on my podcast and at the start when I told them I didn't want to go to school to be a teacher, <laughs> they're obviously mad, but as they seen me keep working hard and hard each and every single day they had no reason not to be happy their son's working extremely hard doing something that he loves he's not out on the streets he's doing something that he's passionate about and he's not causing any trouble what more can we expect from him like Definitely. right so that's the way i see it yeah and that's uh a, a lot of uh, a large part of your wiring is thanks to your parents yeah right so uh if you're putting in that kind of work and they're seeing the consistent effort uh, it just further uh, uh it's like what's instilled in us and i think our community is is hard work and, yeah. and the perseverance to to sit through and having that support so that's wonderful to hear yeah those are the last main questions that i had so this part of the interview i asked my final five questions yes you could answer them in one word one sentence or you spend 5 10 minutes answering each question yeah. it doesn't matter to me whatever you're comfortable with yeah no problem but my first question is what's your definition of success i think success is uh it's it's just an ongoing journey um i i think success is also like i said with happiness it's fleeting that when you achieve something you're already moving on to the next i think it's important to acknowledge when certain highlights or accolades or uh milestones are, are reached but it's not something to get too caught up on yeah. um and and not get too high because life around every corner there's going to be a challenge um so for me outside of sport where there's a tournament yeah and you win you know like that's it for me i think i associate success more with sport and and i think even when you win you still have the next year to win yeah but it's yeah. still you're moving but there's certain things that are like okay 
it only happens every so often or it's so few and far between. But in life and business, I, I just look at, um, I don't get too caught up on, on the, the idea of success. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm just like, like you mentioned earlier, is that we're continuing to evolve and grow. So success is always pushing further because yeah. my expectation and aspirations is pushing further. So I, I think it's like success is something that uh, I don't fully uh, know or understand what it is because yeah. I'm still yeah. defining it in my own life. No, that's a really good answer. No, thank you. What's your definition of happiness? It's a destination and a journey. I, I believe that uh, I look at life more in terms of like joy yeah. versus happiness. Um, because like when you ask someone, it's like, you know, why aren't you happy or be happy? It's like, yeah. uh, I, I think that is something that uh, what I believe happiness is, is uh, what increases the chance of happiness is being surrounded by good energy and doing the things that give you a sense of purpose and fulfillment. And you know that there's growth involved, that it's not plateauing. I think uh, anything that is just um, that is going to remain the same, you will lose the happiness yeah. because it'll become uh, uh, redundant or it'll just be like, uh, it'll become normal. So that's why I, I like the idea of viewing happiness as a destination that you're working towards. Yeah. It's very similar, similar to success for me. What's one dream you hope to aspire? Hmm. Having a family was a dream that I, I you know, that I, I'm living right now. Um, I think a dream that I would like is for um my daughter or future children to uh to you know take over the business yeah um and and become a generational lifestyle brand uh, that is something that is uh has grown and diversified um more than what it is right now yeah. um and and yeah i would say that's probably one goal i don't know i have so many uh uh dreams uh you could give two if you want i asked one you could give another no, I, I i know i know i got more than uh two that's for sure but i don't know um that's a great question because there's so many things that are running through my head right now yeah it makes you think Hmm. That is a good, uh, it's, it's making me, I guess it, like it, for me right now, from uh, a business standpoint and coming from an ethnic minority and stepping into a world, uh, not as a, an Indian designer f from like traditional wear and going into Western is like to inspire other people to be like, why not? Yeah, and and uh, to 
be considered within um you know uh the best in the business to do it regardless of the size that the business is is just to be like you can aspire to achieve whatever you want if you put in the work so if if i can do that for my family and myself and um my community and uh uh show that it's like you know with perseverance and hard work you can achieve your, your dreams in life um and create and bring your dreams to you know fruition i think that in itself is is a dream that i would like to achieve that was worth the wait that was a beautiful answer no no thank <laughs> you i was like it took a long time uh what are some daily habits you live by I want to well I don't live by them every day but uh, try to live movement by. movement is one um uh talking and connecting with my loved ones so I I I always with my my wife my daughter um my parents uh I I always make an effort uh to connect with them um would like to do more so with my siblings and I, and I should um but uh reading is a big part uh, uh i'm at i'm at a stage right now where at my age um and just being a little bit older is i'm just trying to consume quality so whether yeah. that's uh, uh nutrition workout uh information uh um uh, you know the energy that you're around a daily habit is to be around quality and 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 uh, seek that so i'm trying to refine and and uh filter out things that don't have substance and and depth um or or is just like not of value yeah. uh and i'm trying to really uh focus on that as being a daily habit because as long as i'm continuing to do that the more likely i'm going to help uh, achieve my goals and aspirations you touched on reading what's your favorite book and why hmm i have a i love uh don miguel ruiz's uh, four agreements um yeah, it's a that, really good book and and that's a book that i'll read uh, i was reading every year but now i'll do the audiobook and then read it No. um but i i love it's a simple read and it's a very challenging uh concept to live the four agreements and that's what i love yeah. uh but something that i aspire to do um medici effect was another book um by franz johansson and uh have you read it no i i read the four agreements but i'd have to check out that yeah book. so the medici effect uh is essentially um the intersection of creativity and innovation is the medici effect hmm. so when you bring together specialists in different areas like they did in the renaissance is where you're going to have that peak innovation and creativity oh. so when i look at and touch upon uh about bringing like-minded individuals together and bringing and fostering a community that book and the time of the renaissance and the old world that i'm trying to bring with a new twist um i love the concept because the outcomes of some of our events and connections have 
fostered new businesses and opportunities and friendships. Um, so I, that was a book. Um, Shoe Dog was uh, a great book. Phil Knight? About, yes. Yeah, I love that um, book. When I went through uh, an issue with my manufacturing back in 2016, 2017, it was very therapeutic to read that book because there were so many things that was overlapping in my world that that for me was essentially like a counseling session. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I like reading, but I was r like just running through yeah. that book. Oh, it's a really um, good book. So I, I would say those three. And then the last one is uh, uh, the five second rule um, and uh, by Mel Robbins. And I just recently read that and have you read that one? No, and so, you gave me two new books to read now. Yeah, so, so I'll give you a list I, I've, um, uh, that I think you'll enjoy. And then I, I would love to grab your list as well. Yeah. But Mel Robbins, uh, it's a very simple rule. And it's just counting down from five, four, three, two, one, like a, a rocket ship. And uh, the, the amount that your brain can talk you out of things within five seconds. So by doing this countdown it uh, and followed by movement, you'll likely act on. So whether it's getting out of bed or working out or sending a text or email, yeah. anything that's followed by movement that is done in less than five seconds will help you, uh, will help you prevent from like procrastinating. Um, and it's such a simple rule. But within this past month, I've done so many things that I know I would have procrastinated just because <laughs> I'm doing this countdown and I'm like yeah. five or, and I'm like, no way this rule is going to work. But then it I've works, yeah. connected and reached out to people. I've done some things that I haven't done in a long time. So if it's had this impact, um, I, I'm only going to start. So I finished her book recently, but I'm yeah. listening to a lot of her podcasts and got her uh, new book as well. Yeah, definitely. I'll check it out. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. every single one of your answers were so profound and interesting. I truly appreciate it. And if there's anything that I missed or if there's anything that you wanted to say, feel free and tell us where we could check you out. No, I, um, well, my business is Style by Sarai. My Instagram's at Style by Sarai and I kind of like that we didn't talk much about business. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I like. I, I, I actually, this that's so much of what my work is. It's a byproduct. Yeah. And I like that we can have a conversation and not talk about like the material components of yeah. the world I'm in. And uh, we can have a conversation about life. And this is yeah. so much of what our uh consultations are about awesome it's literally this and then it's followed <laughs> by creating a garment at the end yeah um so there's not much more i just want to say thank you for the opportunity to connect yeah. and uh it's great seeing someone uh, pursuing their passion and putting in the work into their craft and setup and having the support of uh, your loved one and uh you know being from the same community yeah. It's nice to see uh, people, you know, putting the work and chasing and, you know, changing the game. So yeah. Thank I you. wish you the, the best and your, uh, from the books that you've written and continue 
to write and what you're going to do in your own career. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No, thank you.